Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Class is in session for this special RPG University. I'm joined with Alex O'Neill, the co-host of our PAX East panel. Alex, can you believe we Thanks we put it. we put on a a PAX panel? I still in awe of it. Still, uh, still reeling from it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I and I speak for myself. Like the f- thank you to everyone who showed up. Yeah, ever new and old, new new fan, old fan alike. Everyone who's there that that was like just there to have a good time, hang out, and talk about RPGs. Uh, it was like pretty amazing to see that room. I, I assume everyone by now knows that we filled up the room. Uh, it was it was a wild time. Uh, we were not expecting to, and <laughs> the the whole team and everybody was very 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 excited so it was just a really great time we're really thankful for the turnout yeah and a big huge special thank you to all of our panel panelists john kelsey reb trevor and then you of course <laughs> and thank you to scott he oh. crushed it hosting i'm excited for oh. everyone to hear it. oh thank you but um so yeah this is the panel audio um that we took right from the board Hopefully it sounds okay. I was using one of my recorders to record it. You get to be in the room, live the magic of our, our first ever Irrational Passions PAX East panel. And without further ado, enjoy Irrational Passions, the best, worst, and most annoying RPG tropes. So basically the idea is we, uh, all of us up here are big fans of the role-playing genre, including just like all of you. And we decided, man, there's a lot of tropes we see a lot over and over in the genre, so why don't we do a panel on it? And just so you all know, this is all RPGs. It's tabletop, uh, JRPG, Western RPG, tactical RPG. We don't discriminate. It's all fantastic. Your computer's up also. Nice desktop. Thank you. Uh, That's Gundam Barbados. Somebody out there stoked. Gundam Barbados Lupus Rex, excuse me. Yeah, please. Somebody was also really upset. <laughs> hey, it's an RP. It's a tactical RPG. It's cool. It's Fire Emblem, basically, with giant robots. Uh, we should have slides also for our guests, our right. lovely guests. Wait, whoa, whoa, hold on whoa, a minute. <laughs> right mm. on time. Recording our photos. Hopefully, maybe. maybe? The computer just crashes again. <laughs> it's this just is Alex what crashed selfies. Before. Uh, well, it's just photo viewers. So. <laughs> ah, yes, bringing up pictures, the most intense thing a computer can do. Lynn Scott's that's, computer, your energy. That's what it is. Microsoft was like, you didn't buy PowerPoint? <laughs> but we are actually, the panel has officially started, so I want to give a big introduction and let the panelists tell you a little bit about themselves. So we are going to start with Mr. Alex O'Neill. Alex, tell the fine people about you. Uh, We just gave the preface. I am Alex O'Neill. I write about video games. I started Irrational Passions about 10 years ago when I was 17. And uh, I like RPGs. (laughs) Uh, I'm really... The the tropes aspect of this is what really brought me in. And I think uh, we all talked about, like, basically the best 
the worst, and the most annoying. We're going to save the best for last. Uh, and uh, Scott, I want you to introduce yourself because you also host a podcast that this panel is very similar to. It's true. Uh, I am uh, on their website. I create a lot of RPG primer guides for new uh, new players for new games coming out. But I also host our RPG focused podcast, RPG University. Um, and actually, everyone up here on the panel were guests on RPG University. Um, basically, I have a guest on each episode where we talk about a single RPG we love. We gush about it. And then, uh, yeah, we give tips to new players and things like that. So I'm also a writer and producer uh, of other stuff at Irrational Passions and associate staff writer over at Dual Shockers. Shout out to Dual Shockers, cool people. Truth. Uh, which one of our guests would like to go uh, first? Next up, we have Kelsey. <laughs> Kelsey, oh. you're going first. Hello. Uh, I am Kelsey. I am a producer at Annapurna Interactive. Um, we've done games such as What Remains of Edith Finch, Donut County, upcoming The Pathless, uh, Cyanar Wild Hearts. Um, oh, dope. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, and yeah, we have a booth on the floor where we're showing The Pathless and also The Artful Escape, our new game Maquette, um, if found uh, Kentucky Route Zero TV edition. Um, so stop by, say hello, and I'm super excited to be here. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, she was also on RPG University episode 14, talking all about Dragon Age Inquisition. Came out last week, or this week, Thursday, or Wednesday, excuse me. Yes. <laughs> Go listen to it, please. <laughs> Next up, Mr. John. Oh, my God, you used the Waluigi thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, uh, my name is John Phipps. Uh, I have dabbled in freelance journalism at IGN and Polygon. Uh, I run a podcast called Super Deluxe Gamescast, uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Megative, and you can find our podcast at Official SDGC, and I'm just, I'm happy to be here. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> <laughs> can't you, though? Yeah, it's your Twitter profile, so I thought it was okay. I meant, I, yeah, really, I, I you did that, John. I and I, I didn't. No, uh, you didn't. You <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> but yes, he was on RPG University Episode 10, talking about Wild Arms. <laughs> For those who didn't hear, that was John's first good opinion. <laughs> if anyone would like to track the expletives that John says on this entire panel, I would love you for that. Thank you. It's going to happen. Are we allowed to curse? Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Next up, Miss Reb Valentine. Yeah, I'm Reb Rebecca, it doesn't matter. Uh, Reb Valentine. Um, I am the North American staff writer with gamesindustry.biz. I write about the business of video games on the industry side. Um, and sometimes people ask me how I got that job, and there are a lot of different answers to that, but probably the most applicable to this panel is that when I was 11, I went to a Golden Sun fan forum for help playing Golden Sun. And then I started talking to other people who liked Golden Sun, and then I didn't stop for like a decade. And now I just really, really love Golden Sun, guys, <laughs> so much. Good please game. bring it back. Um, good game. I'm also on John. I'm also on uh, Super Deluxe Games Cast with John. It's a good time. So yeah. Good stuff. RPGs good. Yeah, yeah, they are. She was on RPG University episode nine, talking about the aforementioned Golden Sun. Hey, that one's me. <laughs> I'm I'm Trevor Starkey. Uh, uh, a few months ago, I founded That Nerdy Site with some friends. Uh, it's a new video game uh, and news uh, and entertainment, all sorts of things, pop, uh, pop culture site where we talk about all the things we're nerdy about. Um, I've been friends with the Irrational Passions crew for many, many years. Uh, I've also done a little bit of freelancing here and there for places like IGN and stuff. And yeah, it's, uh, it's an honor to be up here, gents. 
But yes, as we said, or as Alex mentioned, to begin with, we are going to start with the bad tropes and end with nice happy tropes. So first off, the bad party members who were stronger when uh, they were your enemy. It's like you literally could summon a giant meteor, but now you can't do that, and you have a copper sword. Did you know that Kratos had over 10,000 health? Because he certainly fucking didn't when I had him in my party. <laughs> it's Not a, until, like, new game plus, 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 plus. plus, plus. Also, uh, Kratos from Tales of Symphonia, not the weird bald one. Yeah. He says it weird. I don't know why. Yeah, it's weird. Crate? Weird. So we'll open this up to the panelists. What do you guys think about party members, uh, or what stands out to you, party members that were much tougher than uh, when they were in your party? It's only bad when it happens one way, right? Like when you fight them first and they're really strong and then like, like the thing says and then you convert, you convert them to your party and then they're terrible for whatever reason. I like Kratos because it's like he kind of disappears for a while or something. It's super swole. Yeah. And then he's like really strong and it's like this dramatic impactful battle, right? Like it's, it's like fine if it goes that direction. But then it's also sad because then you kick their butts and then they like leave or whatever. I feel See, like, oh, go ahead. Charlie. What you're not realizing is all of the damage you did to them was permanent. You, you were the weak point for them. And so you're the one that did that, that to, you did it to yourself. So you you cheated them, yourself, you cheated the game. You just make them perma-suck, just like all exactly. the time. I, I think, feel like the uh, Tales series is so guilty of this so much. Like oh, yeah. Flynn Shifo also, shout out to my blonde Oh yeah, boy. by the way, there will probably be spoilers. So Maybe. We'll, I, we'll be nice about it. I... I think my favorite example of this is actually Beatrix from Final Fantasy IX. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you fight her three times, and each time you literally, you can't beat her. You just, like, fucking survive. And then when she joins your party with Steiner, she gets killed by, like, a giant poodle when you're running up the stairs. <laughs> like, you know, you know, you, you know, you find the big, you know, you know, you know, the big pink poodles. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, what happened to you? Like, five minutes ago, you were using climb hazard on my entire party and now a giant poodle just I gotta waste my phoenix downs on you? It doesn't make any sense. Poodles are angry though. I could see it. The big poodle I mean dude the, like the real big poodles in real life yeah absolutely. I got bit by one. Yes. The it's real no big joke. poodle. Take your finger off. What was it's been a hot minute. I don't remember what and I'm gonna say it wrong according to half the room. What what was Magus like when you fought him in Chrono Trigger? Because I remember if we finally get him in your party and he knows like three spells and you're like what's hard. his point? Oh yeah, Why no, he was, he was the top of my list. Yeah. <laughs> I already know these spells. Why do I need you along? But I feel like when you fought him it was like really he was powerful man. He's like scary. He's got the cape and the sound. He gets his power from the sound. Yeah, we get rid of the sound. <laughs> this whole panel was worth it just to hear that. It's true. Someone took that sound bite. Um, see, in regard... Uh, regarding what Reb said, the going the opposite way, I feel like they just cheated on me. Like, cheated out on me. It's like, you, I couldn't beat this one boss, yet you could do all this stuff when you suddenly aren't on my, my team. Wait, Kratos, you had wings? You, you <laughs> thought that wasn't important to bring up? Red Bull, man. Red Bull. Uh, hey, he drinks a lot of Red Bull. Yeah. That was right in 2004 or whatever when Symphonia came out. Was yeah. Red Bull was the high peak. Man, everybody gets wings in that game. They're like, Lloyd has wings at the end for some reason. Oh, yeah, right. Anyone ever explain that? No. Well, I mean, he is part of Kratos. <laughs> well, genetically speaking. <laughs> yeah, very thinly. But yeah. Next up in the bad tropes, we have the randomly sexy female armor or just the random sexy look. Uh, in this situation, the king, you shall wear a gleaming gold armor and a crimson cape, and you, for you, my queen, an equally sparkly bedazzled bra. 
Mm-hmm. Any cosplayers here know probably <laughs> this is probably pretty ridiculous, <laughs> I think. Uh, and it happens a lot. My Probably the number one example of this is Judith from... I'm going to keep bringing up Tales games, y'all. Uh, Judith from Tales of Vesperia, who I love. is a great character, I think. She just wears a bikini the whole time. She's just hanging out, you know? No big deal. This armor plated. I'm sure it can protect you. Well, she had the, the drag, dragon rider armor. Yeah, but then it breaks, and she's like, yeah, well, it's just the helmet broke, so I can't wear any of it, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, not even the, the scantily clad armor annoys me so much as, like, the boob plate when, like, a really badass warrior, female warrior is coming in, and, like, the dude looks awesome and decked out. And then the woman has, like, a perfectly formed chest plate. Like, it's like there's a reason why a lot of women wear sports bras when they work out because they strap them down. The boob plate just, like, and every time I'm just like, man, she would look so cool if she looked like her male counterpart. So that bothers me actually more than, like, the scantily clad because, like, sure, that's their character. It's like, you know, Lulu or, you know, whatever. No. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. I'm okay, so sorry. Okay. <laughs> I remember. Uh, I remember when Xeno. Uh, I remember when Xeno Gear or Xenoblade Two came out, and uh, and I first recruited uh, Mithra, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Pyra and Mithra into my party, and I'm sitting on the couch playing this on my Switch, and my wife is like at the other end of the couch, and I'm just like turning the back of the Switch towards her. So she and and finally she comes around the couch. And she, what are you playing? I'm like nothing. Don't worry about it. And. Uh, and and she sees it, she, she goes, oh my god, are you playing an anime porno game? I was like, no, no, I'm not, it's just a re-. She was like, is this what all RPGs look like? I'm like, I promise you, yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yes they do. Now, did you tell her, but babe, she turns into a sword. I, I didn't get that far because she just gave me a disgusted look, and, and I, I turned the game off after that for a while, because... <laughs> I do appreciate uh, Ellie calling out this trope in Borderlands 2, the, uh, the Tiny Tina DLC, where you like, go on a quest to get her some badass armor, and then you basically have to choose, do you give her the badass armor, do you give her the skimpy thing? And if you give her the skimpy thing, she's like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Questionable, questionable trope. Uh, the next one is, and this is primarily geared towards any dungeon masters in here. Do I have any dungeon masters in here? Yes. Yeah, you will all know exactly what I'm talking about with this one. The party who won't follow the story and would rather do some random thing you mentioned. Uh, why save the world when a random NPC mentioned there was a necromancer birthday party in the next town? True, true story. Happened to my party. Offhand remark, they had to get some blood for a necromancer birthday party. Uh, they opted to do that instead of actually saving the world. It was great. Scott, Shame on, on your hold friends on, enjoying your creative mind, Scott. I'm so sorry. Scott, were you the dungeon master in this situation? Yes. Okay, look, you can't get mad at the party for wanting to get, what, sorry, blood for a necromancer's birthday party if you were the one who came in and said, hey, here's a guy. He's telling you about a necromancer's birthday party. That was your idea. I know, but it, this was true, true. <laughs> you I'm very creative and my campaigns are awesome. I can't, I can't fault myself for that. But it's, it happens everywhere. This, this one goes both ways for, for real, though. It's, I think the most frustrating when one of your friend is like, all right, yeah, but I'm gonna, I just want to have sex with everyone in this bar. And you all can go save the world, but I'm going to do that and you're going to pay attention to me while I do it. And it's like everyone kind of wants to do <laughs> that one thing, uh, but he just wants to stay and do nothing. So I, I get it. it it's a balance. I, I, I think it could go both ways, though, right? Like, when this happens in a video game, sometimes it's so bad that it's actually hilarious and amazing. 
And I think the best example of that is in Final Fantasy 15, when you're walking through Lestalem, and you know, it's like, I gotta get to, you know, I gotta get to, I can't remember the name of the city, uh, but I, you know, I gotta go meet my girlfriend because we're getting married, you know, and you know, Arden is gonna destroy the world, and all of a sudden, Gladio is like, knocked. Do you ever think about what happens when you combine beef with cup noodles? <laughs> you get the ultimate flavor explosion. And then you literally go on a quest to kill a giant shrimp to add it to your cup noodles. Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, if I was Noctis, I'd be like, fuck yes, we're going to get cup noodles. <laughs> like, absolutely. So, so I would argue this is not always a bad trope. It's, I'm going to argue with like the placement of every trope on this list. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely misunderstood this one in my notes, and I was like, because I, I, I don't play Dungeons and Dragons, so I definitely didn't get that one. Uh, so my note was like, do you mean like Shadow in Final Fantasy VI, where he's just like, I'm peacing out, guys, like randomly throughout that game, every time you hire him for the first half of the game? <laughs> he's just like, oh, I, oh, you just paid $3,000 for me? Well, I've, I fought with you guys once. That's good, bye. I'm going to go take my dog and run. You know, now that you mention that, uh, Shadow is Tuxedo Mask. He just shows up and then disappears. Yeah. That's now canon. What a handsome man. <laughs> and last, granted, this is very a uh, personal choice, but mascot characters mm. that Who you, are just there to be, you know, you're not cute, you're just annoying. Any chance you're thinking of Mew from a certain Tales game? Oh, yeah. The Abyss, Mew specifically? So, oh. Man, I just want to throw that guy in the bin. Til, Tales of the Abyss has a lot of... And I love cute things, too, but just... Tales of the Abyss has a lot of ambitious ideas. I don't know if it really nails. Ambitious. Hey, listen. Tales of the Abyss uh, rewards and encourages the main character to take part in animal abuse. Yeah, it's also like weirdly about genocide, and they like don't ever really get into it. Everyone in that game is actually bad. You're terrorists in Final Fantasy VII, and everybody's over the moon for that. (laughs) I, I think Reb will actually back me up on this. That this trope is actually me on my own podcast whenever I start bringing up Final Fantasy opinions. John, yeah, you're not cute. <laughs> I, w- I would also argue that this can go both ways as well because I-, I feel like Morgana and Teddy are two of my favorite characters from those games, respectively. Uh, and the thing is, they-, they play the mascot and then they also like literally rip the face <laughs> off and-, and become someone else to some extent. And they can be the moral support and the, the kind of guiding light for a lot of it. Uh, it's just, I f- it's so hard to do that right, I think. And, and I think, like, in, especially in the case of Morgana, like, every time I wanted to stay up and do some pull-ups or make some coffee or maybe cook up a little curry, Morgana's, late, Morgana's hey, like, go to bed. It's a big day tomorrow. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything. It's a Thursday. <laughs> I just want to do pull-ups, man. I just want to get fit and make curry. That's yeah, true. Fucking Does- cat. <laughs> Does the, That's why I don't like cats. Does Aerie from Bravely Default fit this description and then subvert it? Ooh. Are you talking about, hold on, when she turns into a giant slug? Yeah. yeah. No, before that, when she starts lying to you. And yeah. you're like, wait, what's with the text on the menu screen? Wait, you're not a cute guide. You're a horror from beyond some universe. You're a giant horror. cosmic caterpillar You're the thing. bad guy. The You're cute Thanos. bad guy. <laughs> You're Thanos. Thanos. Collapse the I mean, timeline. <laughs> Thanos. Yeah, basically. But yeah, all these tropes, they're, they're, it's very much based on personal opinion, so there are definitely good mascot characters. There's also a lot of really bad mascot characters mm-hmm. is, is the main point. But we're on to brighter pastures that will probably be contentious and uh, people will have different opinions on. Strap in. Yeah. The annoying tropes. 
Now the top one. Oh yeah. The top oh yeah. One? yeah. King trope, baby. <laughs> King trope. Especially, I feel like this is very heavy in the Japanese role-playing uh, aspect. They weren't the final boss. I'm the final boss. <coughs> Necron. Yes. <laughs> and you've never heard of them. I brought up Bravely Default too soon, didn't I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, you could bring it up again. Bravely okay. Default. Aravaros, what? Yeah. Who? Your fri- Why? Your fairy friend, yeah. Works what? for some super galactic... What? Wait, was the pyramid boss in second or default? That was in uh, Bravely Second. Second. Yeah, that was Providence. Oh, yeah. That was what that was even wilder, right? Like what the it's oh, like the these... stained glass like unicorn enemies and like random things? Yeah, then there's like this love story kind of in the background and they're actually mm-hmm. like really upset. I don't remember that game very well. They talked about food a lot in Bravely Second. That's mostly what I would remember. Sorry. <laughs> My favorite game of all time, Persona 4 Golden, is absolutely victim to this trope too. And it's it's one of those things where all Shin Megami Tensei games are really about just God or whatever. God sucks. Exactly. Like, God, the God final is, boss is just always God it's, somehow. It's somehow always God. God. I've yeah, killed God like five things. times, and I don't know why he keeps coming back. But in Persona 4, at the very least, they give you this weird specific thing of like, oh, you remember that first... Spoiler warning. <laughs> remember that first person you shook hands with? They're actually God. Whoops! <laughs> Uh, a guy, yeah. I think, what, like, I, th- I think for me, like, my favorite example of this <clears throat> was uh, Final Fantasy IX. In, in, you know, like, you're fighting Transkuja in the Crystal World, and you're like, yeah, I did it. And then all of a sudden, you're on a hill, and a giant, blue, bald, naked, muscular man <laughs> pulls you up into the heavens, and he's got, like, huge rings floating around him, and he's like, yo, check it out. I'm going to kill everything. And I was like, that's literally what he does. And, and I was like, who the fuck is this? Who is this? Who is this muscular man? Who is this? And like you know, I I too am a bald muscular man, (laughs) and I I felt attacked by this. And then you kill him, and that's you. That's it. Like it never explains what he is or why he has rings floating around him. And and I just I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. Annoying, right? About it. It's annoying. (laughs) Yes. It's like I'm cool to fight something. If you want to put a big dude in front of me, I'll fight him. It's fine. It's RPG, whatever. But I would like to know a little bit about you before you show up. Uh, I'll tie this one to uh, to the they were stronger uh, when they're not in your party. Uh, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic two. You fight Darth Sion the whole game, and then suddenly Kreia's like. Bitch, I'm out, and I'm going to be super strong now. I've been shady the whole time, so, like, you saw this coming, so no surprise there, but also I'm still going to kick your ass. True. Uh, you have any... Uh... Oh, don't call me out. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mass Effect 3, yeah. just in general, I don't know if that's, like, exactly the same thing, but imagine Space Baby Jesus is here, and he's here to tell you... Guess what? It was all about four things in the end of the day. Uh, green, blue, or red, and yeah, I guess you can green. leave. And you can leave. Green, um, blue, red, or nothing. Sure. Um, it's fine. Mass Effect 3 is fine, everyone. Yeah. The next annoying trope we have out here is great items locked behind a minigame. Oh, you want the sword that cleaves reality? You'll have to beat my high score in an arcade game. Oh, or you- avoid lightning 300 times. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, you know, Titus, I know that you're on a quest to destroy sin. I have this amazing weapon for you. All you have to do is ride a chocobo through some planes and uh, grab some balloons, and there's going to be seagulls that are only present in the calm lands for the five seconds you're riding this chocobo, and they're going to try to knock you off. And if you can stay on for, and have a time of zero seconds, then you can have the sword. If you I'm want, not just going to give it to you. 
If you want Knights of the Round, you have, you have to, to raise it. a family of chocobos, an entire family, all of them. Gold, we're getting there. You could also beat uh, Ruby Weapon, I want to say. Oh, yeah. To get you the Desert Rose, well, yeah, I want to say, the, that gives you You need the, Knights of the Round to beat Ruby. <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody does that. Does anybody here Just beat me. Ruby Weapon? Legit. That's a really small number. I don't believe you. That's like it was like seven people. I mean, it took me until the PS4 version came out yeah, when to I could do cheat. it. <laughs> oh, when you have the button prompts to just instantly refill your. I mean, your yes, thing. but I still did it. <laughs> it counts. It's uh, it's absolutely taken me way too long to bring up Golden Sun, but like the fact that half of the best late game stuff is in the stupid Tolby Fountain, and if you didn't know to find all the lucky metals before then, then you just had nothing to throw in the fountain, and then you just kind of threw it in there, and there were turtles and it could bounce and you might maybe get a good weapon assassin's blade I don't know it was bad that just like reminded me of the uh, mini middle quests from every uh, dragon quest yeah thank, thank you for always having to hide those things in random places in this world see this is why I love octopath traveler because in the end game you just talk to random people and they're like oh you look like a warrior here's the most powerful weapon in the game <laughs> or you can steal enjoy it enjoy it yeah you can <laughs> but most of them are just like here you go I yeah. mean, give me $1,000 for it and it's yours. There, there you go, done. I feel, oh, like, from, yeah, I like. feel like Witcher 3 also kind of fell with this trope, which is one of the reasons I know people are probably going to like hate me, but I fell off that game real fast just because of all the little things you had to do to get these amazing things. I think like right in the beginning you had to win a horse race, and I was like, I, I don't want to win a horse race, I just, <laughs> and I don't want to play Gwent, and I don't want to pick herbs, which is the entire game. So I feel like that game, and then I was going to bring up Final Fantasy X. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I <heard> some. <laughs> There's more to Witcher 3 after you get your Gwent deck? What? Yeah, I thought it was just a Gwent. <laughs> no, that's the end. <sighs> oh, yeah, I've beaten that. But 80 hours. You don't get anything from Gwent, right? Like, that's good no to know, because I didn't try. You're getting pride. Yeah, pride, yes. Listen, hey, I, I love for Gwent. for Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> God, I want to You can brag some. to your friends that you understood Gwent. If you can do that tournament and win, and they, then somebody tries to kill and, you and, for it. And, yeah, and, and maybe get some money out of it, and yeah, and yeah try to be murdered. I, wanna, I did wanna, that and I, like a week ago, because I just went back and replayed Witcher 3, and uh, I still don't have a... I have no idea where to find the rest of the Gwent cards. I've done no. all of those challenges, I've done all the quests, and I don't know where the missing Gwent cards some are. Some shopkeeper <laughs> in Skellige is just waiting for you. Exactly. They, they got so many cards, they're like, oh, I can't wait for Trevor to get here. Yeah. <laughs> That's like in Red Dead Redemption too. Didn't you like collect cards, cigarette cards or whatever as you go? Did anyone ever collect all those? What what happens? Probably not. Nobody in this room yeah. collected all of them. Not I, I tried. Person. I collected a lot of them, but uh, hmm. a number in a in a random menu in the game goes up one. You just get to you read get a the lore. Or an achievement. Oh, uh, Tails is really bad about this with titles. If anyone cares about collecting titles and outfits and stuff, like I think the Tales of Vesperia, the like the cafe mini game where you have to remember people's orders. I see somebody nodding right You know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and you're just like, it is the most real order delivery stress I've ever felt where it's like, <laughs> hey, I want this and this and three of this and four of this and that guy wants an order too and then three more of this. And then you have to remember it in exactly the right order and take it to them in time. Oh my God, it sucks. Is this overcooked? Uh, Tales of Vesperia? Listen, let me tell you, it's a very good video game. You should we, play it. Everyone should play it. I have played it. It's fantastic. We started talking about uh, 300 lightning strikes. I'd also like to give a mention to starting out your game with a jump rope quest that wants you to jump rope 300 times, or 1,000 times if you want a meaningless achievement, but 300 times for like one of the better cards that you can oh, get in yeah. that game, yeah, FF9. Final, is that oh. nine? That's why why yeah. would you put that like right at the beginning of your game? Because it's just... Uh, 
I'm a completionist, especially when it, the Brady guy told me what was going to be in that. I was like, well, I guess I have to spend four hours trying to do this thing. Shout out to that, uh, the Brady guy with Play Online, where exactly. you had to it, it go was online that, you know. to uh, actually get the strategy. Square the strategy Enix didn't guy. know how the internet was going to work. Every <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, wasn't I, too good. Arguably, they still don't. Yeah, true. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Next up, and this this one I feel could be applied to games in general, the unskippable tutorial. Man, I'm looking around this room, and every single person in this room looks like somebody who needs a five-minute tutorial on how to catch Pokemon right now. One more time. Thank I don't God care how many Pokemon you games you've played. Time. You all need this. Did you know you have to hit A to open a treasure chest? Here. What? Let me, <laughs> let me show you. No. See, this is like one. I can't think of like a recent game that did this. Do you have? I a, mean, it, I wouldn't say RPG, but like Link's Awakening did that with every sing, every single thing you picked up on the map. Where it's like, I've gotten these power gems like a hundred times, guys. I know what they do now. Yeah, it's like Skyward Sword, where you like left the game once, and it's like, hey, we're gonna tell you about everything again. This is a rupee. This is a green rupee. Have you heard of it? No. I think, I think games in general are getting better at moving away from this. But I mean, yeah. I, I shouted out Pokemon at the beginning because Pokemon is still doing this. The most recent game they did, you could apparently skip the Pokemon catching tutorial if you somehow magically knew you had Pokeballs in your inventory after a certain point and then used them, even though there had never been any dialogue or anything telling you that those Pokeballs had appeared there. If you used one, then they were like, oh, you seem to already know what you're doing. But like, why yeah. would I think of that? I never saw them appear in my bag. So you're so. saying you needed a tutorial to tell you that you had those Pokeballs. That's how, that's how they get you. Cheers, that was good. Every, <laughs> every single From Software game ever. What? Dark Souls. Just, yeah, they, they really teach you yeah, Every yeah, single... No. Well, part of that is a tutorial. They're so well known for their tutorials, John. What, what's that? What part of Dark Souls is a tutorial? Every time you wake up in that stupid undead asylum and you're, it's, it's got the same corpses with the same little messages on it, like press B to parry. You, you know don't you don't have, have to read talk those, to right? the corpses. But I'm a completionist. You can and just I have walk out the door. No, this is unskippable. You can skip that. Yeah, it specifically says unskippable. John. I can't skip it. I have OCD. <laughs> oh. I feel like it, it applies a lot to like old school games where you have to you can't skip the text and you're just like, oh my God, if I have to read this one more time. Golden freaking sun. First one. <laughs> Number two. Yeah, one, that game just has too much talking in it to begin with. I love it, but man, everyone just talks so much. And then uh, when you, you run into Flint outside of Vale and he tells you about Jin, not only do you, you, you talk to him or whatever and he shows you how to use Jin, you can't skip that and he, you can't hit A through it. He goes at this snail's pace and you just got to sit there and wait for him to get done with what he's doing and you're just like, I've played this game like six or seven times now and I love it so much, but why are you like this? And now, especially in the in the age of voice dialogue and everything in yeah. that game's like okay I love that though <laughs> I love that oh we're back in <laughs> it's like Animal Crossing I like it <laughs> I love that too I'm with you Reb I get it it's a good one it's a good one any, any other additions to this list anybody mm -mm. cool next one is the cryptic pronoun game this is where like some big thing is happening and they'll just very be like oh that was him, that was he that did it, or it was him that did it, or, oh, that general was the one that started the Civil War 10 years ago. It's like, who, who, what, what's, name? 
you can't, you can't just say that general. You need to tell me what's yeah. going on. Yeah, give I me think, a little hint. I think my favorite addendum to this is you know, so, someone will say something exactly like that, and very rarely the protagonist will catch on that something's going on, and they will say, wait, what? Who? What are you talking about? And the response <laughs> is, it's nothing. Dot, and everyone dot, just dot. accepts that. We're all fine with that, like, extremely cryptic answer. You clearly know something. What do you know that might help us save the world, perhaps? Like, we dare not speak his name. Like, why not? He's been dead for 50 years. Like, what's the fucking point? Like, just tell me what I need to know. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't get it. I mean, it really I'm just help gonna... us on our quest to save the world, I'm just saying. I'm going to bring up Dragon Age, because I feel like a lot, the, that Inquisition especially, like, that whole game is just talking about someone did something and we're gonna we're gonna go there and we're gonna do something and then then you're gonna do it and it's like okay and then you have to just talk to every character and the same thing some people are like oh we don't talk about it or oh it's nothing it's like tell me we've been doing this for 65 hours you're the inquisitor wait i still don't even really know what that yeah, means what is that <laughs> does it come with health care <laughs> You're going to inquisit. <laughs> oh, I think uh, this is a little bit of an extension from this, so excuse me for departing, but I think, like, jargon, like, JRPG jargon is, like, so bad. It's gotten to be so bad. It, it, some games have gotten better, but, like, Final Fantasy thirteen, y'all. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I'll see. Oh, don't worry. We'll see. Yes. We'll get there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, I, I took that note somewhere. That exact <laughs> note. Left? I I we only have the good list left. That's, that's not on the, that's good. the next that's, panel. No, we have, no, we have the meh list still. Oh. We have the meh list. I forgot okay, about that. Uh, I have one that I think is adjacent to this, and, and apologies because I know some of you are far more into this series than I am, but uh, playing the Remind DLC recently in Kingdom Hearts 3, when a character... Like says, oh, what's your name? And the like the audio just specifically drops out so that the audience doesn't know what the name is. I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> that is such a cheat. Do we have any Kingdom Hearts true believers in the crowd? <laughs> Not enough hands. I, I saw someone in Kyrie cosplay. You're probably yeah. You're probably a true believer. Look, I know. guarantee you, in Kingdom Hearts, if there's somebody you don't know what their name is, it's either Zehanort or like Ansem. It's one of those two. At the or, very least, it's, it's not anything or, else. Or, or inside just of like Sora. a different mix of those letters because you yeah. know how Kingdom Hearts. They were Zehanort at one point. What, at least. What characters don't have an X in their name all jumbled up yet? The next series is going to have characters with two Goofy. X's in their name oh, and a Z. It's just the same thing, but a different letter. It's just V or something. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. X is just two V's, one on top of each other. Oh, fuck. Stop that. Seriously though, that's secret ending. What the fuck is Nomura doing, y'all? He's just doing whatever he wants. Versus thirteen, I don't care. We're bringing it back, baby. There's two V's in thirteen in the Roman numeral X. Stop that. Okay, but don't because they like will actually do They'll that. Do it, like yeah. they that will happen. It will happen. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> um, but yes, those were some of the annoying ones we talked about. Next, we have the myth list. Um, now, I, 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 this top one, you might be wondering, what's it mean? This is the silent amnesiac uh, protagonist. I, oh, I, 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 who I are you, think... people? I don't. I, where am I? I don't remember, but I'm really good at swords. I, I don't know what else to do. I actually have this really fun game where whenever I play an RPG with a silent protagonist, and, he, and he's, got a, he's got amnesia, and he doesn't remember, I'm just like, I just pretend that he got really fucking wasted the night before. 
and he just and he just blacked out and has no recollection of anything. So so Tara starts out Final Fantasy After VI she is recovering drunk. from a bender to kill dr- all yeah, benders. She's like, oh my god. Oh, Man, I was hitting yeah. the Esper way too hard last night. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have snorted all that magicite. Oh. <laughs> I, so I had put this one out. This is actually a combination of a couple I had, I had submitted. Mm. Um, and I, I put it in the meh area because I didn't know, like, sometimes it can be great. Like, the way it's used in Knights of the Old Republic as the, like, amnesiatic protagonist worked really well. And, and, and something like Terra, I really liked. But it could so very easily, we see it in so many media, other mediums, um, just kind of fall off a cliff where it's like, okay, this is clearly just to bring the audience along for the ride so you're educating the audience of the game as you are, like, the character. We're making you, the player, the real protagonist. Yeah. Yeah. I was playing uh, Rune Factory 4 on my flight over, and... Yeah, shout out. Yeah, I just picked that up, actually. And a lot of questionable uh, decisions in that game as far as sexism is concerned. But I like that that game starts with you knowing who you are. And then, like, within the first five minutes, someone hits you in the head and you forget everything. And you're like, oh, my God, you were so close. <laughs> I was right there. Uh, and then you fall off an airship. So You hit your head on a dragon. Yeah, it's true. I think the weird, like, subversion of this... Uh, Bra- Bravely Default and Bravely Second are weird games, but they have some interesting subversions in them, is a tiz from Bravely Default into Bravely Second. He's the protagonist in Bravely Default. He's, like, a normal, cheerful guy. Yeah, his town got, like, swallowed by a crater, but he's doing okay. And then in Bravely Second, he shows up. He has, like, no memory of what the heck happened to him. And he's, like, I don't know, just, like, really, like, like dark now. He has, like darkness in him he's like sad and serious he's noctis and quiet and what's wrong with him and he's wearing like edgy clothes except he looks like awkward in them well he pulled a sore and was like asleep recovering and stuff for like a couple years yeah he basically turns into peter parker in spider-man he's like possessed by like a demigod or how many how many zippers does his outfit have how many what? Zippers does this outfit. I'm asking oh, for... No, no, yeah. belt buckles. You're looking for belt oh, buckles. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the name. Yeah, sorry. It should have like a like a zipper buckle off between him and Lulu. Can that be in the metropes? No more character designs? More <laughs> right, z- needs more zippers. <laughs> Hashtag needs more zippers. Mm-hmm. The next one is the four insert random thing of the elements. Golden sun. Yeah. Now, this is one of those things and that can be All done the crystals really in well. Final Fantasy. Yeah. 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 Every video game ever. <laughs> yeah. Greater spirits and tales. Mm-hmm. See, when I make an RPG, I'm gonna I'm gonna have like the four very good dogs of the elements. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something new. I'm gonna do something Pokemon new. Pokemon did that. Pokemon did, did that. Did they? Yeah. Or like or like the four incredible seafood dishes of the elements. Like I'm just I'm gonna subvert it completely. It always comes back to food. It's real good. Spoons For me, yeah. Each time. <laughs> spoons of the elements. The, spoon. <laughs> the fire spoon keeps all your soup hot all the time. The four cardinal soups of the universe that you have to collect. <laughs> That's fine. I'll, I'll go to bat for the elements at least a little bit because I think I think it's kind of a good guidepost for what to expect, right? Like you find out, okay, there's a fire element that's going to do a lot of damage. I don't yeah. need to think too hard about this. Water's going to be healing. I think if you're just looking for something kind of easy and comfort, it's that comfort, food, yeah, yeah, exactly. you like know, okay, four elements, great. I know what all these do. I don't have to worry about this. But you know, if you're looking for something a little more interesting, then especially yeah, it's, if it's alongside that RPG word vomit trope, it's mm-hmm. well, it's definitely way more uh, uh, simple when it's. Four of something instead of seventeen Pokemon types. Are we are we still 
only at 17 Pokemon types that have rock, paper, scissor mechanics yeah, all around Yeah, if you played them. Temtem, that one's real confusing if you played Pokemon because they're all kind of like Pokemon types, but they're not. Like, there's a crystal and a mental and a digital, and I don't know how they interact, but I understand Pokemon. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Does mental beat digital? Wow, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Digital I'm bad at Temtem. Future, you know? I'm bad. Yeah. Someone rolls up and just like, I'm making all Pokemon digital now. You can only buy <laughs> That's Pokemon. Digimon. That's Digimon. Uh, we already have that. We have digital Temtem at home. It's Digimon. Okay. I gotta go play some Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cyber Sleuth, good series. Highly recommend it. Next one, and this is kind of touching on what you mentioned, was the what I call the RPG word vomit that just throws letters together and creates some sort of important task you have to do. In this case, I just zerve boff crystal to the cleft of... See, I'm not even sure if you made that up or if that's Yeah, that's real. a good one. It could be real. My point exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love RPG jargon. This I, I respect this in the meh category because yeah. sometimes I'm just like, yeah. Sometimes it's you too are, much. Drown me in it. You are all about this in Kingdom Hearts. I, I am I like, no. It. Tell me about nobodies. Tell me about Heartless. Emblem Heartless versus Pure Blood Heartless. I will I will eat it up. Uh, Tales of Vesperia, to bring it up again. One of my favorite games. Sorry. Uh, Antelakea is one of my favorite bullshit words in any video game. There is an X in that word. I don't know why they put it in there. Blastia. I could keep... I, oh, yeah. I like... Blastia. It's not from Vesperia. The Ganoongagop. Oh, the Ganoongagop. A personal favorite. All right. No, no, no. But admittedly, I, like, five-year-old Trevor was like, Yggdrasil, what the hell is that? Yeah. And did, so did now, anybody, uh, exactly. Now <laughs> that I'm more learned, I think, oh, okay. So at least that one's not complete gibberish. We've, we've had a lot of Tales love on this panel. Didn't you all play Tales of Legendia? Yep. I did. Yeah. Okay, that game's good, but everything ends in like an ES. Ares. Very, yeah, Ares. like like Marinus and like like S. Yeah. And it's all like I don't know why it's like that, but it, it's like cool because it sounds like water, but it's also like I don't know what any of these words mean, and they all kind of sound the same sometimes. We're cool because we have E at the end of our arts. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. I, it's like including U in color. Yeah. I feel It's a British spelling fancy. of art. I know it yeah, is. Now, now. That's like an actual thing. Come on. I know it is, but I feel fancier when I spell color with Color. color. Okay. I remember in, uh, I got so annoyed in Kingdom Hearts 2 when you meet uh, when you meet Diz, and I was like, is it D-I-Z or is it Diz? And then I find out it stands for darkness in zero. And, yeah. and I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> Like John, you're nothing. It you're over, nothing. John, you're overthinking it. He's just another Ansem. No, but no, but but here's the thing. True, I was in actually. Afghanistan when I played that game for the first time, and I was not in the mood to be screwed around with. And so, <laughs> so I'm like, this was like the like breaking point. I'm like, I'm like, on a mountain, I'm like on a mountain in the snow with you know like in a wooden hut, and I'm yelling. I'm like you know I should be worrying about what's going on around me, but I'm like, what the fuck does darkness in zero even mean? D T D. Door to darkness. Guys, what is it? Why? Well, remember when uh, Rock was originally me. known as Blonde Haired Boy BHB? Yeah, BHB. Or, yeah. That you, it's why is Kingdom Hearts real? We could have a We're panel so just lucky that it dissecting exists. what Kingdom Hearts Kingdom, thing yeah. means. Kingdom Hearts is its Come own back panel. Next That's a series of panels. <laughs> Dissection panel. Part one. Yeah. Birth by sleep. No. <laughs> uh, next one is... The staple dungeons we always have to have, you know, your sewer dungeon, your magic forest, fire mountain, could be called volcano, maybe not, who knows. Um, yeah, this is just one that is, like, just so over... I mean, most of these are overused, but, like, there's there's ways to do a sewer dungeon 
cool. Still, yeah. I, I have to believe that, that a sewer oh, yeah. can be cool again. Uh, or, or like, you know, the stand... Not that it was ever cool. Alex wants again. to make a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cool RPG. Again. That's what... Actually... Let's talk after the panel. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is this is one of those instances where like you look at this and you think to yourself, as much as I love this RPG that I love, you're absolutely right. Why can't somebody do like a ball pit dungeon or something? You know? Like, like why can't why can't we just why can't this entire dungeon take place on an enormous cake? Now I am like just, what like get creative. John, I am gonna throw out there in Kingdom Hearts three. Oh my god. In the Toy Story <laughs> world, there is a ball pit room and you can break all the balls Alex. in the ground. Is it a dungeon though? Is it, just a no, it's just a world. is it a whole dungeon <laughs> in a ball? So yes, it's absolutely <laughs> yeah, a dungeon. It is a dungeon. But I is the whole dungeon a ball pit? Well, it could be if you nope. dream big enough. In your mind. <laughs> you know a game I genuinely deeply love despite its problematic elements that checks literally all of these boxes and a couple more that aren't on here? Sky's a freaking Arcadia, guys. Oh, that game rules. Sky's of Arcadia is good and it has like all those and also has like the Ice Palace and like I don't know what what else is it like? Is that the Water Temple? Probably a wind one. Is there a wind one? Sky's of Arcadia. Um, well, wind, you're Sky Pirate. Pirate, so I guess everything's yeah, everything's wind, right? Wind yeah, but it's got it's got like most of these. It's got like the technology kind of like army base thing. Um, yeah, Sky's of Arcadia is good, but it's got all those and that's fine. Yeah, I feel like this is another one that's kind of like the comfort thing when you yeah. like, when you're thrown into a game and that's just completely different from anything you've ever played, but they still have like. Fire Mountain, yeah, sewers and whatever. I feel like it's a comfort thing, but now I think developers are making games that are kind of more creative in that way. Like I feel like God of War did it, but it was dope. And then like you think back on like the games of Nintendo 64 and Zelda and stuff like that when it was like new and exciting and like oh my god, the Water Temple, which was fucking horrible. <laughs> um, but like stuff like that, I don't know. I find it comforting, um, but I do really like it when games come out with it, even now. Even if you're like, oh my god, if I have to go through one more magic forest, I mean. Yeah. Um, but I love it when they do it in a really interesting and creative way, yeah. and I hope that we continue along that path. Like, I don't want this to be go away just because it's like overused, but I think we can change them. There's something cool. There's something cozy about knowing when you walk into a water temple that behind a waterfall somewhere in this water temple, there's going to be a dope ass cave. There's going to be real a real good treasure chest in it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what we need is to just mix these up and have like a sewer volcano yeah, just, or something. Just, yeah. 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 Like just a volcano that spews sludge. That's like, Twitter. Uh, now gone. we're talking, yeah. baby. Or just, a, you know, a water forest. It doesn't make any sense, but just do it. No, it you makes know? sense. It's good. Is that a swamp? <laughs> That is a swamp. That is a swamp. You're right. <laughs> can't, can't confirm. There you go. <laughs> but moving on right along to we're in the good stuff now. The indifference and oblivious of house folk you steal from. Oh. It's ah. not thievery if they don't care. They're all contributing to the cause of saving the world, everyone. Mikasa Sukasa, you know what I mean? Yeah. You come in, you can have my bread, it's fine. That guy's lucky metal was just sitting at the bottom of a clay pot in his house. He lives, so he's never been to Tolby. He's never going to go there. I don't even know where he got this. He wanted you to take it. He should contribute to me. I'm going to save the world. Give me your lucky metal so I can try again for that assassin's blade. So he just hides it in places? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I actually have a question about this. Okay. Does putting a pot or a basket on someone's head in Skyrim count? Yes. Yeah. Does that count? 
because yes. because because I am a I am a fucking class five felon <laughs> in Skyrim. I, w- I would consider that under the obliviousness. Uh, and I just I'll put yeah. a pot on this guy's head and and I'm I'm literally taking all his shit since they don't take the pot off. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they're just like, oh. They're accepting Why, the state of reality. Why, thank you, kind traveler, for this wonderful hat. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad I can always get elixirs out of people's clocks. So oh, yeah, absolutely. No, so that's handy. the best part. But yeah. I do also appreciate that, like, in Dragon Quest, um, there's just dung in some people's pots. So we get that, too, guys. We get to steal that, too. <laughs> this is one of the weirdest things. I feel like Witcher 3 has, like, so much attention to detail, but just you could just walk into people's houses and take everything. Yeah. Just I, I, just, I just love walking into somebody's house in an RPG, going upstairs, barging into some woman's bedroom, and then she's sitting there, and when you talk to her, she's just like, I can't find my fiancé. And you're just like, I'm going to take this necklace right Okay, here. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you find him, and then you leave. Red Dead did that too a lot yeah. too. Do you want? Could, like, you don't even offer to help. You're just like, all right, bye. <laughs> yeah, but your stuff is fair game, right? Okay. Did you try a picture on a milk carton? Yeah. <laughs> Next, the kids with all the power, the overpowered child characters. Now, uh, Trevor, you added this one to the list, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So this is another one I put in there because um, I love uh, as as Final Fantasy is certainly my like uh, home comfort zone here. Uh, some of the ones I have from Final Fantasy IV, you have Palamon, Porum, and Rydia. Uh, you have Realm from Final Fantasy VI. You have Ico from Final Fantasy IX. You have Nanako, and pretty much every Persona character is an overpowered child that is saving the world. So, uh, yeah, I, I love this trope, and I love that, especially as, like, these were games I played growing up. As a kid, I was like, yeah, I can save the world, everybody. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. All I have to do is draw. <laughs> And believe in your friends. And, and believe in your and friends. And friendship. Yeah. Yes. Friendship, it always comes back to friendship. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Persona is, I think, the, the biggest indication of this. I, I really love the idea that, you know, everybody matters, right? Every, everyone can change society, especially like Persona 5, of like pushing back against this, like social media and, and against, like, it's very relevant. And I think that, like, leaning into this isn't, it's easy. I think a lot of folks can look at this and, and be very dismissive of it, but when, when done right, this can like be the, the carrier of a really powerful message. True. Wow. I don't Drop want to mic, that. I guess. There were lots of kids <laughs> in gold. <laughs> no, 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 it's good. Right? Yeah, no, I'm not gonna, I had something snarky to say, but I'm not going to do no, that. No, that was beautiful. So. No, that's good. Um, next one is, this can be a really strong narrative tool uh, this, to save the world, to save the person, what have you. Uh, a great sacrifice must be made. Um, this is one of those that can really be, if done well, it's usually really good. Like, it's mm-hmm. really well done. It, it could be poorly done, for sure. And this is, like, another one of those ones that's, like, on teetering on a line. But, like, uh, I'm going to, this is spoilers I, again. I was going to say, when I talked to Scott about this earlier, I was like, so, like, how spoiler heavy are we going? Because this one is pretty much entirely spoilers. Yeah. Uh, the end of, like, every game, right? Yeah. yeah, the end of most RPGs, I feel like, involve, like, the hero sacrifice. Obviously, like, Persona 3 comes to mind. Uh, Tales of Vesperia is, like, very cool because it's this big societal sacrifice of like, hey, we're going to give up this technology because it's it's hurting the world and we just we can't rely on it anymore. I, I think Final Fantasy VII has a little bit of that as well. Like, Earth, Earth, Earth a little bit of that? Aerith dies. Yes. How about a yeah. little bit of but that? But I mean like the, the sacrifice oh. that the people make. How do you know? Spoilers! <laughs> that game's out coming out. Uh, I mean, Cloud dies. Uh, yeah. Wait. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, no, but like the 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 planet coming to basically save the world. And it's like, hey, like things can't be the, the way that they were before because it's just going to destroy us. I have. I have, can I get real for a minute? Can yeah. A little real. So I, I agree, this is a good trope. Like I, th I think there is absolute value in presenting a situation where you have to give up something to do good because that, that's this world, right? Like, like this world is difficult and there are a lot of bad things and it's hard work to be good and to make it better. That said, there's a trope I don't like that's connected to this, that it's in Tales of Symphonia, it's in Final Fantasy X, uh, I Am Setsuna comes to mind, uh, Final Fantasy VII, where a woman specifically is in charge, solely in charge, of going out and sacrificing herself, her comfort, her energy, her well-being, her life to save the world. And it is a burden that has usually been placed on her since birth. She has been like, groomed to do this. She has been told that this is her sole objective in life, to give up everything for literally everybody else. And she goes and does it. And she's usually accompanied by some kind of hero who's very well-meaning and cares about her and doesn't usually know until the very end. And then he finds out and he's like, we've got to do something and kind of flails his hands, but he can't really do anything except go fight something. Like he can't just, like he doesn't actually do anything productive to help. It usually involves either the character in question dying or some like giant, like break point halfway through the game as in like Tales of Symphonia where everything just goes to heck. Uh, ladies, you are like worth it. You do not need to sacrifice yourself and your well-being for the fate of the world. That is that is literally what happens in Final Fantasy XV. Yeah. We all have to work together. We all have to work together to make the world better as a party, as a team. So when we're all working together and deciding, yeah, this is something we want to give up because it makes the world better, great. But if it's like falling, that burden's falling on one person, nah, no. Like, and, and, and you know, to bounce off what Reb said, I think that I, I think that this can be used as a way to cheapen everything you've done. Up to that point, um, and the example I'll use and it is like spoilers. I'm sorry, but Dragon Quest, uh, Dragon Quest 11. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so he's closing his ears. Basically, so so I won't say what happens, but there, but there is a choice near the end of the game that you can do that that you can make that will literally undo everything you've done. And to get the true ending of the game, you have to do this. Um, and, and, and I found that use it, that like, it, it made everything that I had done up to that point seem completely meaningless. Um, mm -hmm. I love the game, but you know what I'm talking about. But, you know, I, I was, I was like, oh, well, like literally n none of what I, n nothing, none of it mattered. And I, I think that, I feel like there was a point the game should have stopped and it didn't. And I feel like that worked against the story it was trying to tell. Yeah. And like Mass Effect, the Mass Effect games too, I feel like fall uh, or have this trope, obviously, if you've ever played any Mass Effect game, um, except for Andromeda, we're going to skip that one. Um, we but, didn't talk about Andromeda. Uh, we all did. Is that what someone said? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like you as Shep have to make all these sacrifices and depending on who you liked or dislike, that sacrifice is going to be gone by the end of that game. Um, but I think like this trope is, it, it can be bad and it also can be amazing because it's, this trope is, I guess, allows you as the player to identify or bond um, with whatever character you're playing because you, I mean, as gamers, we all know it's not the same as like watching a movie. There's a difference there because you play as a character for a certain 
number of hours or maybe you play a game that's two hours and it really affected you, but maybe the character itself or herself or himself or whatever didn't make the sacrifice, but maybe you as the player felt something that you sacrificed for. And for me, I, I really like games that kind of involve the player in that way, not necessarily the, the player in the game, but kind of make you feel that way or make you feel like you sacrificed something or make you connect in that way. I don't know, I really like using that trope kind of for your, as the player rather than the main character. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does, I think Near Automata is an amazing example of that on the E ending, if anyone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good example of making the player sacrifice something. Yeah. And have it be worth it and have it feel satisfying. Yeah, and, and Near, Near especially like leaves it open right like like the yeah. the hope that you engender in yourself is is what gets you through that ending mm -hmm. and it, it, you have to carry that like as the player i think it sends a direct message to you yeah. playing it versus you never see the, the actual content yeah the characters we don't necessarily see where that goes but you yeah. like are allowed to make that sacrifice because you believe and i, I really like that and you have a too. different connection like i think each person will have a different kind of sacrifice that they've done with Nier especially too. Like not everyone will have the same experience, I guess, which made that game really special. If you haven't played it, please play it. It's phenomenal. And the score yeah. is awesome. <gasps> Very good. Well, we're going to skip this last one so you guys can share oh, some of oh, I just, your I, stuff. I got to call out one weapon because I love it yeah. so much. Dark Cloud, you can get a fish that you can upgrade into a turtle shell that then upgrades into a battle axe. Great. That's all. Just wanted to shout Great. that out. Does it still look like a that turtle shell? That classic No, no, no. It completely changes <laughs> okay. form. That, that is just the trajectory of that upgrade tree. RPGs are great. Yeah, they are. They are. But if any of you would like to share your own personal favorite tropes or RPGs that you really like, feel free to just take a star line over by the... Uh, the microphone, microphone in the center of the room, uh, if anyone would like to, to come up and share. It could be good, it could be bad, it could be meh, uh, it could be something we mentioned, it could be something we didn't. And you can tell us we're wrong, you know? You can go ahead and start. Yeah. Is, that, is it on? Uh, Are we is on? Is the mic on over in the middle? Just kidding. Just kidding. We were all. It was all a joke. Just yell real loud. We're gonna. Oh. Let's try. And, we'll, uh, let's try. Hello. There we ah, go. There we, there we go. go. There we uh, are. All right. So mine is why do why do I always have to be an orphan? Oh, the orphan <laughs> trope. Oh yeah. Because your parents didn't love you. Because yeah. <laughs> parents are hey. too hard. Yeah. My dad didn't love me. <laughs> That's a good one, actually. Yeah. Why do you always have to be an orphan? I think it is like really comes down to. Because Batman. Yeah, because Batman. I think because everyone wants to be Batman. There's stories that, that people like kind of lean on that, that take those, those characteristics, and also it's two more characters you probably have to write. Yeah, and I feel like it also gives that character like an automatic backstory where they're like, they're resilient. They're going to be standoffish. They're going to be emotionally closed off, and that's like every game character ever. <laughs> Real I quick, hope. as people are leaving, thank you so much for coming to the panel. Yeah, thank, thank you so, so much. much. We love you very much. Next up, sir. Mr. H-Bomb. Uh, okay, um, twist on the, um, he's not the final boss, I'm the final boss. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's not even my final form. Uh, yeah, final yeah, form, Final Fantasy baby. is a good one Going for that. Going back to Dragon Quest One and the Dragon Lord. Yeah. Or Sephiroth, my god, why do you turn into a big orb? No, it's what? Ultimecia, dude. It's Ultimecia. Okay. Yeah. I don't know which one Ultimecia. She jokes that's her dog. Yeah, and then she turns into a huge 
corpse lady, and it's it's weird. Remember yeah. when Golden Aunt. Sun just decided that like the two villains could fuse into a dragon? Just, yeah, let's become a just fucking because dragon, dog. they could. That's just something that their people can do. Great, yeah. cool power. And who's that? No one else can do that. I can do it without another person. Who's that guy in Final Fantasy X? The Lord Seymour. Fuck Seymour that guy. Guado. Yeah, no. Yeah, he would wor- change so many times the in worst so many different in locations. RPG history. Oh my god, he was the worst. Okay. Jarrett. Hi, my name's Jarrett Green. I'm the editor at large at your website. Oh, Hello. hi. Um, you missed a really important one. Um, when you move to the next city and the next continent, everything's more expensive, including the inn. Oh, yeah. 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 oh yeah. yeah, nobody said that. Apparently, I have to pay 500 more gold to sleep here tonight. It's Everything is upgraded. Yeah. Welcome to Nordopolica. It's going to be really Welcome expensive. Welcome to life. Hey, man, that's inflation, all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's location-based inflation. It's exchange rate. It's the exchange rate. Yeah, yeah. the East oh, Continent. The gold that I get from goblins. They do that all in the back. The, the gold mines are on the West Continent, so everything's super cheap there. There's no gold mines on the East Continent. you got to pay up here. You sold me. But to, like, go, with that, to go with that, though, right? Like, the, the boss that you fight in the first area is a regular enemy in the last area, so yeah. why don't they just hire people from the last area to show up and deal with the guy in the first area? Exactly. You'd have to pay him a lot more. You'd be, you would be uh, you a know, great fine. RPG villain. <laughs> I would not. You have good ideas, is what I mean. Oh, Next you. up. She would be the counselor. Cutscene incompetence. So you're going through, your party is just annihilating everything. <laughs> Goes to cutscene, eight guys surround you, oh my and God. now you're in jail. We can't fight, we can't fight yeah. this many yeah. people. No. They really beat Going me. with that, kind of on that same thing, when you're beating a boss really bad, but then a cutscene happens and you're all like dead or like you're gasping for breath and bleeding. Yeah. I grinded for 40 hours just to watch my team lose? <laughs> Excuse me? Or he does like one attack, like just one like normal mm-hmm. attack with like a sword swipe or something and everybody just like falls off the roof. Yeah. <laughs> Throw themselves. Yeah. Oh, hey. So Hi. we all Hi. have our favorite party members, like in Final Fantasy X. Hey, uh, we have Titus, Aaron, Yuna. But I tried to ignore Riku and Waka. Riku is the... Mm. Exactly. And then, at one point in the game, you are, can only use Riku, Titus, and Waka no! in the, the water level. That's why I didn't finish Final Fantasy X. And they just get rid of those party members that you love. Yeah. And the ones who can swim. Uh, well, because and the ones they, you ignore. It's because they know, yeah, that you've ignored them, and they're not, like, buffed in any way, because you're just, like buffing up the, all the other characters that you really like, and they're like, okay, we're just going to make you play these worst characters. I only had a water sword for Titus, and it heals everything in that area, and I just yeah. never finished that game. That's why Le- Lord Seymour fucked me up, because I kept healing him. No. I, I hate that. I so many that. grenades to get through yeah. there. In Riku's defense, she can mix an item that causes all your attacks to do max damage, 9,999. Yeah, yeah. but okay. she's We call that an old-fashioned. That did remind me, one of, one of the ones I had submitted that didn't get picked was, I love that every, every world-saving party has a thief. You always need a thief oh, with yeah. you guys. He's a doer. Yeah. Or she. They can get it done. Yeah. Uh, I think we Next. are... Uh, we got one minute. Yeah, you can get it through. Lightning Rapid round. fire. One, so, one more. extension of the orphan. Your family gets killed off by the final boss or something in the beginning of the game, so therefore giving you impetus to do, do your thing. However, when you're running an RPG... And you decide that your uh, your character has a family or something back home, and then then the GM kills them all for drama. Um, yeah, yeah. We're all like, ugh. Yeah, we don't like that. Uh, we are gonna have to wrap up here, um, but I, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who showed up. We love you so much. 
This is yes. this is the first and possibly only ever Rational Passions panel, and we are super thankful to everyone yes. who showed up. And cool. thank you to Scott yeah. and Alex for and setting hey, this go up. Go follow too. Rational hey. Passions. Yeah. They're super cool. Thank you all so a much. Very, a if very you want a hug, I will gladly out. give one to you. A very uh, special shout out to every MMO that gives you like some fucking creamy salmon pasta whenever you save a village from a demigod or something. Like, and remember, you can check out RPG University, hosted by myself and all these people have been guests on your favorite podcast service. Be awesome. So enjoy. Have a great rest of your packs, everybody. Right.